This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. Welcome to Radio on Wheels on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. Each week we tow our mobile studio to a different location in Taranaki. We bring you local people, local stories, local events and local music. Radio on Wheels, a weekly show about your town. Yeah, I've been running, I've been running all my life. Welcome to Radio on Wheels. Today we are in Whakahurangi, Stratford, and um, it's lovely to be here. It's such a nice drive to get out here, and I'd like to welcome our very first guest, and this is the first time you've been a guest on Radio on Wheels. It's Laura Campbell from the Percy Thompson Gallery. Hi, Laura. How are you? Really, really well, thank you. Now, we've put you on the spot a little bit, Laura, because you're (laughs) quite new to this role, aren't you? We've often had Rhonda... Um, on the show but um, welcome it's really lovely to have you here thank you yes first month in um, going really well at the moment really really enjoying my time out here in Stratford your previous role was at Pukiariki is that right yes yeah I was there for five years Um, so my job there was researcher uh, curator as well I did the homework show there at Pukiariki which is always really really popular with the locals um, and yeah, really successful show and decided to do a new challenge out here in Stratford. So um, yeah, loving my time here out at Percy Thompson Gallery. It's such a neat little gallery, isn't it? I've always had a real soft spot for it because you almost don't expect it to be in a town this size to have um, you know, such a gallery that has such interesting exhibitions as well. It's, it's, um, there's been a lot of diversity yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I actually think it's one of the leading public art galleries here in New Zealand. It's really striving, isn't it? Mm. Um, and it's, it's really supporting local artists, um, which is fantastic, giving them their chance for a solo show, a group show. Um, but also it's fantastic to have those national shows touring and stopping here in Stratford. Um, and that's because we've got the facilities here to um, host them, which is fantastic. Is that still happening now, given that we're in the middle of a pandemic? Are you still getting big national shows through? Well, it's different for you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interest. It's a very interesting time, very challenging um, to have touring shows. Um, at the moment, we we've secured Rita Angus for twenty twenty three, wow, which is massive for Central Taranaki, for Taranaki itself, um, and we're really looking forward to having that. Um, the other touring show that's coming later on in the year is, of course, the Adam Portraiture Awards. Yes. Um, always a very popular show, um, and we love having it here every couple of years. So, yes, it is, it is challenging, but we still like to have one or two of those leading shows here in the gallery every year, and we are going to maintain that, definitely. Mm. How has it affected things like openings for exhibitions? Because, you know, with a limited number of people being able to attend, has that, has that had a big impact? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it has for a lot of businesses. You can see mm. it around um, all of Taranaki, all of New Zealand. Um, we really love having the openings here at the gallery. Um, of course, with red alert level, um, we haven't been able to do so for quite some time. 
Um, but we really hope in the future that we can kind of accommodate people um, coming in and, and having those openings again. Um, it's just those conversations that you have during those openings and um, meeting people that we're really missing. Yeah, and as you say, it's the same for, for so many different businesses. So how, how personally, how's the change been for you? Because at Pukiariki, you were working with a big group of people in, mm. in quite a big space, and now how is it? Is Amy still here? Is, is, is she the one that uh, yes. helps you with the exhibitions? Yes, Amy Taunt. It, yes. Yeah, it's been a fantastic change for me. Um, it's, it's one of those things that I've really wanted to come back into the art gallery sector itself. Um, of course, working in museums and art galleries, you do get to meet all of those people. But um, I really enjoy the art gallery scene itself um, and mixing with those, those people. Um, it feels like it's the grassroots Mm -hmm. again for me um, so being able to go into local artists studios and see what they're creating um, and then giving people an opportunity to sit here at the gallery um, so it's just been an amazing change really um, and it feels right it feels really good Excellent. That's great to hear. So, so tell me a little bit about. Um, obviously, I'm I'm not from an art background. Um, how do you get an exhibition to happen? Does somebody approach you and say, "I'd really like to exhibit at Percy Thompson," or are you proactively going out there looking for exhibitions? Yeah, a mixture of both, really. Um, so the calendar for this year is pretty set up by um, Rhonda who um, left in early January mm -hmm. um, and then so we're kind of looking for artists definitely to approach us with kind of concepts, um, proposals that they're thinking of um, either for a solo show or for a group show. It'd be quite interesting having group shows um, over the next couple of years. Um, yeah, so we would definitely invite people to look at proposals for 2024 um, and, and that's fantastic, isn't it, that we can look two years in advance for shows um, and it just shows that people are actually still creating, having that time to like build their studios. Um, the art scene is doing quite well. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? And I think people have had a lot of time to reflect and, and you know, a lot of time in isolation in some cases mm. and, and really thinking about what's important in their lives as well and being creative is pretty important for the soul, isn't it? Definitely is, and I think looking back over that lockdown period for me, that was the time that I really looked at my career and you know it, lots of people did some reassessing and mm. looking at what they actually wanted to do and I actually thought well the creative sector is something that people are craving and, and really desire right now and I, I realised how much I missed it mm. you know so stepping into the art gallery sector again it's just it feels right it feels really good. Oh, that's exciting for you. It yeah. sounds like a very good match. You've got quite big shoes to fill, Laura. Uh, Rhonda was here for a number of years and, and uh, yeah, she did an excellent job, as I'm sure you will do as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and Rhonda's support um, through the whole process as well, the transition, um, just sensational. Um, she's been a big mentor for me for oh gosh for the last few years at least at Pukiariki. Um we've had that great connection um, ourselves professionally um, 
and just keeping that going uh, has really led to me coming out to the gallery. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Oh, that's perfect. It was meant to be. Maybe maybe Rhonda was secretly kind of grooming you for the role. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who knows about these things? But yeah. yeah, I mean, she's been a fantastic uh, asset to the gallery and she'll still be around, you know. Oh, I'm sure she'll she's poke her head popping. in the door occasionally, yes. Yeah, and yeah. hey, she's a great photographer, so um, there'll be works in for sure. Hopefully. <laughs> okay, Rhonda, so I hope you're organising your own exhibition this time. Yeah. <laughs> now you've got all this time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's excellent. So thank you so much for being our guest, Laura. Oh, tell us, actually, before we go, you've got to tell us about what you're exhibiting at the moment. Oh, yes. So this, this current show that's on at the moment um, is Anthony Davies and Shay Rogers, uh, both two solo shows, their first time um, you know, at, at Percy Thompson Gallery. Um, so Anthony Davies actually lives in Wanganui, um, is a fantastic um, printmaker, and is a real um, joy to have in the gallery. Um, I think this show was four years in the making um, between Rhonda and Anthony. Um, and it's a really fantastic show because it's interpretive everyone can read into it the way they they see right so um, it's very political uh, in its own way Uh, but it tells the story of New Zealand's kind of hardships in 2021 and you kind of see what we went through Uh, and also Shay Rogers uh, local artist has had his first solo show here so we're really really excited um, to have Shay here in the gallery. And if you haven't seen Shay's work, he's, he's kind of got a bit of a thing for circles, hasn't he? He sure does. <laughs> um, you can sit there and it just fit, transfixed on them, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy them. I think they're yeah. fantastic. And they get a lot of um, good feedback from children as well. Children absolutely love them. And they look stunning on these walls, you know, the big white walls too, don't they? And they yeah. just really... Yeah, right. Right for an exhibition. So. Yeah, transformed like with mm. the lighting and everything as well. But we're actually looking forward to our next show, um, He Aho, which is supporting contemporary Māori artists in Taranaki, mm. um, which will be opening on the 4th of March uh, until the 27th of March. So a little window there. Um, and that's guest curated by Gabrielle Bell and Bonita Bingham. So oh, we're really so looking forward to that. Patea and Manaya. Yeah, Patea yeah. and Manaya, yes, it's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. yeah, awesome, because they actually have a, a little bit of a gallery going in Manaya now, thanks to Bonita. So that's, that's pretty exciting. Can't wait to get out there and see that. Yeah, so it's good to have that collaboration happening mm. as well, um, inviting them in to use the space. And so there's, there's fantastic um, artists involved in that, right through down to Wellington, through back here to Taranaki. So, yeah, really looking forward to having that installed next week. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So if you haven't been to Stratford for a while, there's um, number one reason to come here is for the Percy Thompson Gallery. And, um, yeah, you can come and have a look at the current exhibition and then you can come back for the the new one on 4th of March did you say? That's right, yeah. Wonderful. And then make sure to check out our shop as well. 
Percy's place, always good to stop in and have a coffee and then go in and have a little bit of a look around. It's fantastic. Oh, it's a bit of a dangerous shop, that one. I don't think I've ever been in there and not spent money. <laughs> yeah, yeah again, supporting local artists. So it's really important that we, we keep the shop. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Excellent. Thank you so much for being with us today, Laura Campbell. And I look forward to having a, a proper look at the exhibition here and um, coming back in March for that. Now tell me how it is. Te, te Aho. He Aho. He Aho. He Aho exhibition. Kia ora, thank you. Kia ora, thanks Laura. <laughs> bye bye. Hey, what you doing? Don't you ever think about the moves you make? Are you doomed to make the same mistakes? Get wise and brighten up your life Only one way out And that's towards the light Feel the joy and feel the sun Feel the sun down on everyone Feel the joy and feel the sun Feel the sun down on everyone Yes, I know Welcome back to Radio on Wheels. We are in Stratford today, as you probably know, and our next guest has turned up. So lovely to have a returning guest. Welcome, Scotty Slack. Thank you. Thank you very much. Always good to be here in the caravan in sunny Stratty. In sunny Stratty. And I love that you tend to be available on Thursdays because you've got this fabulous outlook on life. And you only work That's three it. days a week, don't you? Yeah. What is that? I love to work. No, the other way around, I work to love. So if you can have more days off than you are working, I think you're winning. I think you're winning as well. And and plenty of time to um, play music and write music and stuff. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, mm-hmm. I probably don't do as much as people as people think, but for me it's waiting to get hit by inspiration, I guess. So until you get the feeling that you want to do something, I tend to just write the odd lyric down here and the odd idea down and then just leave it until I get the feeling I need to write a song now. And you draw on that. That's how I do it. So... So the music comes first, or the lyrics come first? Uh, always words for me. Yeah. Um, I'm not really a musician. I don't consider myself a musician as such. Um, I just put chords to words. So for okay. me, the words come first, or the idea for the song. And then once I've got a bit of an idea or a bit of a shape, um, then I start just playing chords and singing words over the chords until I hit a melody that I like, and then that sticks, and then I do another bit. So it's like a real hodgepodge process. For me. I'm still stuck on the comment that you don't consider yourself a musician. That's a bit weird. Uh, well, I don't have any technical knowledge of music. Right. I never learned to read music. Okay. Um, I, I kind of know how chords are created, but I just memorise the chords and, and go from there. And I only really play basic chords as well. So okay. I don't really sit down and work out, oh, this would be the logical next place to go from here musically or whatever. I yeah. just go until I get something that I like the sound of which I think is kind well, of what you want it, to do it anyway. seems to work seems to work yeah, for you well yeah. I, I didn't actually say in the introduction but you are part of the band the slacks yeah, the raggedy slacks the um, raggedy slacks the slacks yep we um we like to relax all those things um that's what the original 
uh, idea behind the name of the band was was coming out of the end of the 90s where everything was so serious, especially in rock music. Um, it was just, we thought it was time to have some fun. And so the slacks kind of suggested that we weren't that intensely serious about what we were doing. We are, in terms of the slacks, the band. Yeah. Um, but our kind of philosophy is, yeah, don't take yourself too seriously. Mm. You've still got to have fun, you know. And if you can't make fun of yourself, well, then... You know, that's a bit uptight. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, you know, pe people and bands that are super, super famous and successful, you wonder sometimes how much fun they're still having, you know. There's so many expectations. and Yeah, it would become like yeah, a job. It would, right? wouldn't it? And you'd yeah. have employees as well, which would be... Yeah, too many people involved. A pressure yeah. that we don't have to worry about because we just it's just the four of us. So the four of us make a decision. And then usually one or two of us actions that decision. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, and then you've got to deal with the whole public profile as well, because I think once you get to a certain point in terms of notoriety and the number of people who know you, it's a whole different game. Mm. You know, like people then start expecting you to say things about stuff mm. and have an opinion on things. And if you do, then they kind of dig into it. Yeah. And it's, who needs that? Like, and people want to cut you down as well if you're doing oh, too yeah. well, you know. So. I think that um, people don't realise that. And that before the internet, I think there was loads of hate mail that bands got, but that got filtered. Mm. And I think they probably still do it, where they filter out most of the vitriol. But I think if you put yourself out publicly, 10% of the people are going to like what you do, 10% are going to hate it, and like 80% aren't going to care. You know, right. That's the reality, I think. Um, until you hit like ridiculous levels like Taylor Swift. And like you hit so many million, tens of millions of fans, and then like that ball doesn't stop rolling. So I couldn't imagine what that's like. It'd be horrible. So that's not an aspiration for the slacks to, no, to reach Taylor no, Swift heights. Absolutely not. Just want to keep um, doing what you're doing. Hey? I don't see how we could. Yeah. And um, we're well past 27, which is usually <laughs> the cutoff point for most rock musicians. And you're still alive, which absolutely. is good. Yeah. I, I didn't start the band until I was 27, which I think is pretty rock and roll of me actually. But, um, yeah, I don't think we would want to get like that. We would want to get to the point where we're making enough money that we can play music full-time and maybe just record and play music. That would be awesome. So did you start this band when you were 27? Have the Slacks been around yeah. for that long? Well, yeah. I don't know how old you are, but so you know, it's probably more 2000, than 10 years. 2001, I think, I moved oh. to Auckland, and that's when we started the band, which was a different lineup. But um, ah. the current Slacks has been together for 15 years, so that's a good good haul so we're just good mates uh, we get on each other's tits we get on each other's nerves but we get over it and yeah that's how we've managed to keep it alive for so long I think you know we're not really there's not really one of us pushing really really hard in a direction that the others don't want to go um, I think it's our general slackness that ties us, <laughs> ties us all together both yourself and and Mark are primary school teachers aren't you yep yeah yep so that's um that's really this cool because you get to work with young people who are just starting a lot of them with music and so you can you, you basically give them that encouragement and yeah. if you can give them enough of that steam then they'll once they get to a certain point and they've got some competence then they'll go with it and that's all they need you know and these days as well in schools there's equipment available that was just mm. never there for us we were lucky we had recorders and piano mm. and that was about it you know and we've got a full band at school now, well, a full kit. We've got an electronic drum kit and PA and guitars and leads and mics. 
so that's pretty neat. So that's something you do a bit of at your school. Are you the music man? I'm the band mentor, um, Mm -hmm. and I do some digital work as well, Um, TV stuff particularly, video, because it's just a medium that kids just know. Well, they're using it all the time, aren't they, with TikTok? And, um, you know, I still think education, you know, in relation to technology, it's like a spaceship pulling a plough. So it's time that we sort of didn't, once we get the basics taught in terms of reading, writing and maths, um, this continuing to insist on writing achievement all the Mm. way through high school is pointless for a big chunk of kids. And there's no reason why we can't use assistive technology and why we can't use video as the medium. It's just so quick and easy to do now. You know, and it would just, um, it's all about expression, right, and being able to communicate and articulate. So if you can do that in a different medium, they should be, you know. So do you think that, um, you know, we weren't really going to talk about the C word, but, you know, this whole uh, pandemic that we're living in at the moment, has that, has that changed the way schools use technology? Like, have they embraced technology um, more? The, the first lockdown to... meant there was a scramble to provide more online. Mm. And all of it's there, like, mm. you know, all the, the capability has been there for ages. But like I say, it's a spaceship pulling a plough, the education system mm. is just very, very slow to change. And there's really good people in the job, but I'm talking about the system. Yeah. You know, curriculum and all yes. of that sort of stuff that does take a, a while to change as it gets drafted and redrafted and all of those sorts of things. So they're mm. definitely using it um, because it was an ab- a way to connect with, with the kids at home. But, mm. you know... Um, depended that was up to them whether they engaged or not and that's the crux of it really we want to try and get kids to be independent learners and if they are they don't really need a structured classroom Mm. to find stuff out and to investigate it helps having the resources that schools provide because not everybody has you know chemistry equipment and things Mm. like that at home but um, in terms of information it's definitely a lot easier to access than it was Mm. in our day so yeah, I think it does make a difference. I think worldwide, the whole the pandemic has has um, increased the incidence of people homeschooling and even unschooling their kids as yeah, well, which absolutely. is interesting. And maybe that's the start of a movement towards a yeah. different way. Of I had a, um, I've got a friend who I reckon had a point, and he reckons that we are shifting from the industrial age into the information age, and that's why there's so much upheaval. And why there's so much resistance, because every generation wasn't like that in my day. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you keep hearing it again with now with screens and, and video games. And it's like, yeah, no, but you would have probably done it if it was around in your day. Like, this is why and how things change. But we're living in the information age, which is really about information wars. And I think that's the biggest issue we're dealing with right now, is that people just aren't prepared for mm-hmm. that. You know, and so it's just going crazy. It's like mm. weaponized, he said, she said, mm. everywhere. So that's an interesting thing for kids to deal with, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, we've got that technology now, but we're still struggling to know how to use it for good, aren't we? You know, we're still yeah. stuck in that, like well, you say, I think he there, said, there, There's heaps being done that, with it mm. that is good, even if it's just day to day communication between people. Mm. Mm. But it's like anything, eh? any kind of any kind of tool or technology is a double-edged sword. Mm. And so it's just about... I remember when the internet first really became a usable thing with schools, and it would have been around 2008-ish, 2009-ish, 
and there was movements to kind of block everything that was inappropriate. And then they realised it was too hard to do that because kids were finding their way around schools' simple security systems. Yeah. And so it became a focus on teaching kids about digital citizenship and looking after yourself and just making good decisions. And it's like, that's a hard one because you've got to trust them with it. You know? you so hopefully all you can do is give them the tools to make a good decision for themselves. You know? And that might be different from the decision you would make for them. But yeah. that's the hard thing about living and you know, becoming an adult. Yeah, it's really tricky for parents, isn't it? You know, especially parents who are maybe not as um, digitally literate. Well, most parents aren't as digitally literate as their own kids. But, yeah, it's interesting. I love it when really old people embrace technology. Yeah, you know, I, think, I, like, I know several people in their 80s and even 90s who, you know, yeah. get on... Definitely with the comms, eh, like being able to keep yep. in touch with people overseas. But, you know, just just the convenience stuff like being able to do banking on your phone oh, and like and I re- online shopping and stuff like I that couldn't which... believe it I remortgaged you know like my mortgage came up for renewal in August and I could do it on my app I didn't wow. even have to go into the bank I was like this is awesome which is probably lucky because maybe the bank wasn't open well yeah <laughs> and plus I hate going into the banks and sitting down with a guy and doing yeah. all that I'd much yeah. rather go press yes yes yeah. yes yeah. done you know, so there's that side of it, which is great as well. But then people will argue probably, oh, we're losing human contacts. Like, no, we're not. There's still heaps of places that will fly people to face-to-face meetings, even mm. though you could do it over the internet. But that's true. Know, I guess that's just an old habit to change, maybe. Hey, don't the Slacks have a song called Information 8? Yes, yep, we yeah. do. It's on the, um, on the, al- the new album, which is oh. coming up to three years old. Um, and still hasn't seen the light of day. So <laughs> we started recording that uh, at the end of 2019, I think August 2019. And we were just doing it in weekend blocks. We decided this time we were going to do the album until it was finished. So we weren't just going to go, this is our budget and that's it, or this is how much time we've got and that's it. We were going to finish it until it was done. And then we had lockdowns and things just stopped. and so. Over the next two years, we got the album finished, and it's all recorded and mixed and mastered. Um, it's been sent off for vinyl, and we got the test pressings a couple of weeks ago. We just have to pay off the rest of the vinyl, so we need some gigs. So we're hoping sort of in April we'll be able to kick that off again if, if things calm down. Um, and then once we've got the vinyl, we'll be releasing it. It's an 11-song album. It's, um, I'm really proud of it. It's, it's got some great songs on it. It's 100% COVID free because we wrote Good. it before any of that happened. There's no references or anything on it. Um, so I really like that about it too. And it's just classic slacks. It's all over the shop. Like there's some heavy rock, there's some lovely soft ballads, there's some poppy Brit pop stuff, you know, and it's just great. So very excited to have it on vinyl. Can't wait um, to get it all done with the, because it's a gatefold. Album cover, so very exciting. Very retro. We're on the bones of our asses now. We've um, emptied the coffers, so figuring out how to promote the album because that costs money as well. If you want to get some kind of decent reach out there, so it's just an ongoing um, battle, as always, to try and get cash. Mm. Um, But hopefully, like I say, gigs will be happening again, and and then it'll be all 
will go and we'll probably sell six albums in the first week and the rest will go on the shelf. <laughs> but at least I have one on my mantelpiece. Don't say that. And and when it's finished, when it's released, come and play the vinyl version oh, yes. at the station. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Let's let's have a slack session. That would be really cool. Well we wanna do we wanna do a few of those. We wanna do um, you know, some album release parties and, you know, maybe rather than just playing live, it's um play the album. That would be really cool. Uh, I think it's about time for a song, don't you? Uh, yeah, so okay. um, I don't even know what I'm going to play. Right. I'll, do a, I'll do a real slow one off, off the album. Okay. Um, this is right on the end. Let me defeat my fainting heart and turn aside all common sense if only to tear down a fence and make of love a common if Start over again 
song, Scotty. Cheers, mate. Beautiful song. Always sounds good in the caravan too, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, good acoustics in here, right? Yeah. Good thing about the old caravans. So, Scotty, thank you so much for yeah, being mate. our guest again today. Cheers for having me. And, um, yeah, come back when the album's out. We'll do, let's, absolutely. Let's play the vinyl Bring version. Bring vinyl. Yeah, sounds great. Choice. Thanks so much. Radio on Wheels. My name's Michelle, and today we are in Stratford. I've got my mate Evie with me, pressing the buttons and, and keeping us all on track. And we have our next guest. Hello. <laughs> yet another musician, the wonderful Lawrence Cooper. Hi, Lawrence. Thank you very much. It's really lovely to have you yeah, it's back. It's cool to be here. It's great, great thing to have, isn't it? It really and, is. You know, and a good way of getting people on air and talking about their lives and music and whatever. <laughs> yeah. And and you're a busy man. You've just come from school. Tell us tell uh, us what yeah, you've so been doing there. Teaching kids there, um, that's all under the aegis of the modern school of music. So and I have kids that come to my the house as well and get and learn guitar. And then Leona does all the piano side so she goes there as well. So, <laughs> so that's yeah, it's 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 a bit of extra money but they're good you know, that's a good experience because the kids are wonderful, you know, they're just it's because I haven't really taught a lot of young kids before but um yeah, they just they just really do well a lot of them, you know, just just, just they learn their skills over time and, you know. They're like sponges, they're aren't they, they really? Are. They are enthusiastic, you know. So yeah. yeah, they're good. <laughs> oh, good stuff. So we might have talked about this before, but if we have it was a really long time ago. How did you get interested in music? Is that something you learned as a little kid? Um, no, my father it's well it's funny in later years as you grow up you realise these stories you've, you know, imagined all your life. I mean I asked my dad to get lessons from my friend Dave. Um, that's when we were about 15 or 16, I think, and uh, he didn't, and he, he booked lessons for me, and I thought that was a mistake, but I think he obviously had a Machiavellian sort of angle to So, you know, and I just used to duly go for lessons, you know, struggled like everybody else to actually understand what the hell was going on, but I suppose something happens over the years and you just become a player, you know, sort of, you know. It's just, I think, just doing the it seems stumbling you know, for especially teaching kids. Mm. If you see them, you see changes over time. You see they they have improved, you know, from what they did originally. I suppose um, so. It was just lucky enough to get lessons, and you know, so mm. I think I would have been a bit of a head case if I hadn't had an <laughs> instrument to play. <laughs> well, that's that's a thing that we often hear from musicians mm. that it's really good for your mental health just mm. to sit there and play a, an instrument. It is, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mind you, when I was younger, I used to feel like smashing the guitar because I used to get first frustrated with trying to learn, you know. Yeah. And um, so I didn't do that because <laughs> I'm not like the who. I didn't have <laughs> enough money to get a new <laughs> to guitar. To replace so. them. Fair yeah. enough. Okay. Well, it's quite nice to sort of, um, you know, to know that you're influencing the next generation yeah. of musicians potentially, you know. Yes. You never well, know. Well, I had one, you know, when we lived in Wainu, it's where the kids were brought up. Um, I had one, I had a whole, about 15 people I used to teach at the local community centre, you know, they're all varying ages, and this one guy though, um, he um, he went on to play on cruise ships and stuff, so I sort of thought that, you know, that's a, you know, just having a part in that was just nice to think, because I used to see his mum at the library all the time, and she used to keep me up to date on what he was doing and that sort of thing, you know. Oh, that's very cool. <laughs> yeah. That's 
and went through the usual gamut of when I was younger being in bands and but you didn't really know what you're doing in those days you just gravitated towards you know other people who were musicians usually so a bit over time I think I've learned to play better over the years I think you know from what I used to do then because I was so shy you know people always thought I was cool because I was like had my head down but it was probably because I couldn't face, face the audience. <laughs> well isn't that's interesting when, when somebody says that they're shy mm, and yet mm. they're in a band yeah, or mm. um, you know they, they get up on stage and perform. It's, I'm sort of beyond that now though because I've um, performed in lots of front of lots of people you know there's a couple of when I lived in Wainui there's a couple of artists there who were all things came to Wainui so I played at the college there there was you know huge audience here and there's another lady who's really niche, is from the States as well, and I played to company, you know, not come to her, but, you know, just as a backup. Yeah. Um, and that was just really neat to be involved with that, you know. And things like that, I've had a few things like that happen over the years where people used to admire, you suddenly, you know, find yourself playing with them, <laughs> which is odd. And then you realise that, hey, they're just a human know, like yeah, you are. I know, yeah. Possibly with similar sort of yes, misgivings yes. and self-doubt and whatever. But as you grow older, I mean, that... Because I think you said that bit, bit of coolness when you're younger, everybody's like checking each other out and mm. that sort of thing. You get, as you get older, you just don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the thing is to have fun with music rather than just, you know, if it became a job of work, I'd probably just pack it in. You know, because it's the fun side and actually meeting other people is just really neat to, to do new music and, you know. Is there my, we've just had, as you know, Scotty Slack yes, in Scotty here. Yes, Scotty is great, yeah, um, Slack's great. Is there, you know, do you know many other musicians in, um, in I, well, the Well, I know Scotty, Scotty because, um, I don't know, I just, because um, I went to the, he had a party the other night and um, oh. went to that, so, but I didn't play at that, but they were just such a force to recognise and they had Jack Moser there, he was doing oh, piano, yes. he's really good, you know, great kid. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we'd, but blistered fingers, I've some, been to the, Paris plays a few times and played yep. there. So and um, but also um, me and this other guy Dave he used to play in another band. We we're trying to get a band together. We just haven't got a bass player yet. But we played at um, Decanters before it closed and Paris Plage and um, maybe going to do that open mic at um, um, what's it called? I think at Mike's, Mike's Brewery, Brewery yeah, having yeah, one. Yeah. And I think there might be something at Eight Ball as well. Maybe on a Is Thursday really, night. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, it's quite hard to find places to play. I think we love that, but. Um, you know, you get the occasional gig, you know, when somebody will ask us about the pub or something, loans or whatever, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, plus um, always working on different music, because you know, we enjoy it. And Leona's got and some good skills, you know. So, right. Mm. Leona being the other half of Fig Jam. That's right. Right, <laughs> right. Now, yes. uh, where did the name Fig Jam come from? Oh, well, I can't mention on radio. Okay, <laughs> right. Good. I know where you're coming from now. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Because um, when we were practicing with Pat, who's in Australia now, they've been on the Gold Coast for ages. They've been stuck over there. Um, they got a house back here. But when we... He was... Um, he plays electric drums, so we'd be doing... We just... Some of those songs we did came out organically, you know. And we just... I don't know where the song goes. <laughs> Fig Jam. Somebody must have suggested it. I don't know. Right. But, you know, we did a lot of good music together, and we got an EP out. Um, that's probably in just before the COVID thing, I think, maybe in 2019 mm. or something. But um, yeah, we were working on an album which never came to fruition, but we did all the artwork and stuff for it, and I checked it out. So hoping that might be a goer at some stage. <laughs> yeah, bring that out. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Leon and I have been working on um, 
like ballads, you know, just, um, she's got these backing tracks, so we're doing stuff like Left My Heart in San Francisco and a little old wine drink. I mean, it's a lot of fun, you know. Ah, <laughs> so covers. Yes, just yes. covers, but um, nice. hopefully for some album we might do at some stage. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's it's been a lot of fun actually doing that. And so no I doubt you're putting this. your own little spin on yes, it. Yes, yeah, big jam exactly. Spin. <laughs> oh, very good. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot, Lawrence, and, and uh, mention that we've had a little conversation about you potentially making a show with Access Radio. Yes, that's right. I'd love to do that. Um, yeah. A blues show of... of um, some kind, you know. Um, I, I suppose it'd be my own personal thing, really, rather than me being a you know great. Exp I mean, I love the blues and yeah. love music, but um, I don't pretend to be a great authority on the blues. But my own personal connection with that is through the Stones and all those bands, and then you check out where they got their music from, and that leads to the other people. So, and there's quite a few artists over the years that I've really loved that I've um, incorporated into my own playing, um, you know, as well. Well, I was writing a few of my own, but um, you know, I was just brought up in that whole school of Eric Clapton, Cream, and John Mayall, and mm. Bluesbreakers, and all that sort of stuff. Well, that would be wonderful. We might have a little chat about that after <laughs> yes. the microphones yeah. are off, um, but yeah, yeah so yeah. you heard so, it here first, yeah. so uh, cool. yeah, yep. hopefully that's in the pipeline. Yeah, wonderful. Have you got a little song that you want to play for I've us got live one that's, today? Um, another one. The, the one that I've um, given you a recording of, that's an old song as well, and so is this one, that I never really did anything with, but they've been since I've always had all this recording equipment, so I've managed to do this one. So this is called song Days of Devotion. Days of Devotion, <laughs> sounds good. I'm not a surfy, but it's a bit, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit about, you know, um, wave.
them away No longer a slave to emotion Alone by myself Out on the edge of the ocean No clouds in my sky Only blue overhead Birds on the ocean Silent words in my head And that was Days of Devotion by Lawrence Cooper. Thank you. Thank you so much for no coming worries. in to I, be with us thank again, you. Thank Lawrence. you. Thanks for having me once again. Radio on Wheels. We have had a very musical day today and we're going to switch it up a little bit. Our next guest has arrived. Welcome, Linnea, from Forgotten 43. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's very nice to have you here. And for those of you who don't know, Forgotten 43 is a craft brewery here in yes, Stratford. Yes, indeed. Yeah, something a little bit new for Stratford. Um, and probably, to, to the best of our knowledge, um, unofficially, the first brewery in Stratford. Um, I know beer has been bottled here before, but we can't find any evidence of there actually being an active brewery here. So I'm sure there's plenty of them in the shed out the back. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of home brewing <laughs> Many of on. those. Um, but yeah, so far as we know, we're the first commercial brewery in Stratford. If someone finds evidence to the contrary, let me know. But uh, yeah, which is pretty exciting. Um, so we're five years old now, um, going strong. Well, as strong as can be in this wonderful climate that we're in for, yeah. for hospitality. Um, hopefully we will, by the end of the year, you know, see the, a shining light at the end of the tunnel. But Yeah. Yeah. So Forgotten 43, tell us about the name. Okay, so we when we decided to open up this brewery, we wanted to give it, we wanted the locals to have a sort of a sense of ownership, if you will. Mm. Um, the ability to say, you know, oh, what's in Stratford? Well, not just a glockenspiel, but um, hey, we've got our own brewery. And it's kind of, it's become a quite a thing for, if you're chucky touring around and you're going to a new place, you go for the local food producers, you go for the local brewery, or the, what's the local beer? It's mm. Craft beer is so popular now, that's the first thing you ask. Mm. Um, and there's not a, a great variety out there. So yeah, Forgotten 43, tied into the Forgotten World Highway. Um, we would like to think we're at the beginning of the Forgotten World Highway <laughs> here in Stratford. Someone who might argue the contrary, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was started um, quite some time ago with my husband Caleb and his mate Mike. Um, they played rugby together for good old Toko out the back and uh, discovered a mutual interest in home brewing. 
So as the rugby injuries increased, the brewing increased as well because <laughs> they weren't playing as much rugby. Um, obviously, they did start out being very good at taking beer out of bottles and not so good putting it in. Um, the Mike's uh, had a lemon tree at one of his houses which uh, unfortunately passed away when they poured one of their first brews out because oh. it tasted so horrible. Oh, no. He subsequently moved so that's okay um, but yeah now we're down to some award winning beers which is awesome. Okay so he didn't repeat that recipe. No, no he learnt oh. from his mistakes. <laughs> and is, is that how it works with brewing? Do you, is it a, a kind of a suck it and see thing? Do you do a lot sometimes, of experimenting? Yeah, sometimes it can be. Um, I really feel for my pa- my friend Anita, um, business partner, Mike's wife, um, early, especially earlier on, she'd, when they were both working on shift work, she'd wake up and she'd be hear this noise. And, yep, sure enough, Mike's fermenting another beer in the bedroom because he's run out of room in the rest of the house. Ooh. So Mike is super impassioned about it. Uh, and quite often it's you pick a beer in a style that you want and you kind of work backwards um, to what you want to do. Sometimes things work, sometimes they don't. Generally they do, even if it's not quite what you thought about it, what it was. Um, but we have our staples, which we continually tweak, but make sure they're, you know, they stay pretty much the same, um, uh, which people love. But Mike's always doing new and different things, which is mm. awesome. So Mike's really taken the the passion for brewing to that next level. Um, my husband Caleb, he's really taken uh, enjoys the business aspect of it. But admittedly, when there's lots of heavy lifting to go on, the two guys are are there, and both having trade backgrounds has been really helpful. So that must have been quite quite a big decision to, I mean, did you start selling the beer before you opened the brewery, the brewery? here? Um, well, bootlegging's illegal, <laughs> which yeah. is possibly why we decided to go commercial. Right, okay. Too many mates going, oh, I want to buy this beer off you. It's like, okay. yeah, actually, we probably shouldn't do that. Um, right. It, we just basically got to the point where we decided that we could live with trying and failing but we couldn't live without giving it a try at all and we're not failing so that's pretty awesome fantastic i must admit i have been to the brewery for there was a a wellness series here um, maybe six or twelve months ago now and um I do like a stout. I don't drink a lot of stout, but I love your stout. Oh, that's great, because I've yeah. just bottled a whole lot more today. Oh, good. Oh, we might have to swing by there on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, so, and the stout recently won a bronze at the um, Brewers Guilds Awards last year, so we're pretty proud of that one. Also, our other stout, the Crack and Chili, which was a collaboration between Crack and Chili's sources in New Plymouth and Juno Gin. Um, who distilled the chilies for us, and we combined it with our stout, and that won a silver award as well. So, um, Ooh, so I wouldn't there. normally put stout and chilies together. That's an interesting combination. Chocolate and chilies kind of has that yeah. same kind of yeah, beach true, to it. true. Um, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful beer, really nice. So, if you like a bit of heat, mm. um, it's just we think it's nicely balanced. So, not too over top, but definitely give you a bit of warmth there. Mm. Have you had? It's <laughs> probably a silly question, but lots of support from the locals. Yeah, um, honestly, we wouldn't be here without them, and we're just really humbled. Um, right from day one, when we keep running out of beer because people keep supporting us, um, it, it, right through lockdowns and you know all those sort of things. I mean, it's not easy in the hospitality industry at the moment. Yes, beer is an essential service, which is wonderful, <laughs> but. Um, 
you know, we have our front of house, our bar. We also have our wholesale clients, our bars and restaurants that we trade with. Um, and it's not easy at this time. Mm. Um, people, and people are understandably hesitant to be out, confused about some of the regulations and rules that are there now that are in place, that whether you support them or not, it's now the law and that's how we have to trade. Mm. Um, but we're doing all right. We've, we've got those group bookings still because I think... Um, People like that it's a nice, you can hire a venue that's a private and you're not going to have, you know, you know who's going to be there. Yes, and um, it, it's not a huge venue, is no. it? No, yeah. and that kind of suits with a lot of small groups, yes. like birthdays or farewells or uh, work functions, things like that. Um, I even had a farmer's discussion group the other day, so, you know, those sort of things. It's great that we can provide that facility for um, our locals. So, yeah, we're, we're taking a long ride. It's pretty good. I mean, the guys still work full-time. Caleb and Mike still work in, Mike works at, um, in the dairy industry and my husband works in the petrochemical industry. Um, so for Anita and I, our husband's hobby has become our full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> Anita concentrates on the front of house and, yeah. and looks after the bar primarily. I do the wholesale logistics. Um, and together we do the bottling and all the bits in between when the guys aren't brewing. So... Yeah, it's a good team effort. Very hands-on by the sounds of it. Yes, <laughs> it is, definitely. <laughs> I'm, I'm presuming you like beer. Yes, do I do. Yeah. I do. Never used to. Um, yeah. Kind of had to when you got your husband going, try this, smell yeah, this. Yeah, right. Um, it, I mean, it, you don't actually have to enjoy beer to be able to produce it. No, of course not. Um, and, and like Anita herself doesn't drink a lot. And if she okay. does, it's only maybe a, you know, a, a gentle beer. But we've all got a good knowledge of, of what's right and what's not so good. And, right. <laughs> um, and and we've got a good knowledge about the beer. So we try and find, our goal is always, if someone comes into the brewery and says, have you got a toy, finding them something that they really enjoy. Right. And they're going to be pleasantly surprised with craft beer. Because yeah, some people still have that preconceived notion of, it's just home brew, it's all going to taste like shit. <laughs> so, yeah, it's great to be able to have someone walk in and... and like one of our biggest beers after talking to them so it's great do you have any um you know where do you see this going in the future more of the same um we've got plans to expand our front of house into a new premises so mm -hmm. that we can take some bigger group bookings and offer more beer on tap and, and a good food selection so something a bit different for stratford as well it's another option um, again, still a nice, relaxed, intimate environment. It's all about the beer, but also really tasty food to go with it. So we really want to work on that side of things at the moment. And then eventually expand our production capabilities and push it outside of Taranaki even more. I'd love to do it now, but I can't make beer fast enough. And the guys, is, like I said, still work, so we haven't quite made that next leap yet. So mm. we will get there. Um, our, one of our, our 200th brew, which went down the other day, was actually a local hop uh, brew. We went out and picked some, some that were growing out the back of our brewery, and some for a local, one of our customers who's got them growing over his shed. And so we did a little 50 litre batch of fresh hop brew, so which is pretty cool. So hang on, when you say growing up back of the shed, is, is, was it planted or yeah, yeah, is it it's definitely grow like a his. weed? I don't know. So the hops is grow on what on a vine, so right. or what they call vines. Um, down commercially, they grow about five to seven meters tall, um, and they're just sort of like a little flower with what's called lupulin in it, and that gives different um, 
characteristics to bear. Um, commercially they're palletised and tested so you know pretty much exactly what you're going to get when you're utilising them. Fresh hop ones, you go out, you pick them and you pump them in a, in a brew straight away and then you don't quite know what's going to happen. Um, but generally it's a pretty good result. So it's nice, nice to make a nice little local brew. Oh, very that's much very local. exciting. Yeah. So we don't know what the hops are called or what their um, original origins were. Um, one, the one that we have growing out the back was actually one that's been growing, uh, cutting from some wild hops in Nairi. So, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> you never know. It's, it's all part of the fun with brewing. You do all sorts of things. Oh, sounds like an exciting ex science experiment. Yeah, and for our 200th batch, it was pretty cool. <laughs> Mike, Mike and Gaelic really enjoyed doing that, so yes. Fantastic. So yet another reason to visit Stratford if you haven't done so lately. Come come along and uh, oh, you need to tell us about the hours that the sure. Bars so open. currently um, our hours do change occasionally. So we're so we put them on our website, um, which is forty three brewing .nz, and our Facebook and Instagram page. Um, but currently it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thursday evening from four. Friday evening from four. Saturdays twelve till eight ish or so. Mm -hmm. There's people there, we'll keep on going. Um, and Sunday session, which is always cool, nice and relaxing, one to seven. So those four days at the moment. Fantastic. Linnea from Forgotten 43 Brewing, thank you so much for being our guest today. No problem, thank you for having me. And that is about all we can squeeze into our day in Whakahurangi, Stratford. I'd like to thank our guests. First up, we had Laura Campbell, who is the new director of the Percy Thompson Gallery, and what a great little gallery that is. Uh, then we were lucky to be joined by not one, but two local musicians. First up, we had Scotty Slack. Scotty, thank you for your company and your music, as always. It was lovely to catch up. Thank you. Oh, next up, we had Lawrence Cooper of Fig Jam fame. It was also awesome to catch up with you, Lawrence, and um, thank you for sharing your music with us. And last but most certainly not least was a new friend. Um, our guest was Linnea from Forgotten 43 Brewing. And if you haven't stopped there for a beautiful craft beer, it's about time you did. Uh, well, actually, it's 8 o'clock in the morning when you're listening to this, so maybe leave it till at least after lunch. Um, thank you to Evie for pressing all the buttons for us and working your magic. Uh, thank you to you for listening. And thank you to our supporters, the Toy Foundation and the Lottery Grants Commission for keeping the wheels turning. My name's Michelle. We'll be back next week. Kakite. Gotta take a minute and relax. I ain't got time because I'm riding the track. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Radio on Wheels. Our aim is to help share the voices from all over this province. If you'd like to tell your story, share community events or news, we'd love to hear from you. Contact us at the station on 06 751 3720. To listen to past episodes of Radio on Wheels, check out the Access Radio Taranaki website. We'll be back next week with more news and views from around the Monga. I've been running, I've been running all my life. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to www.accessradiotaranaki.com.